The following audio is from Abner Creek Baptist Church. For more information, visit www.abnercreekbaptist.com. So Ephesians chapter 4 is where we will be uh, this morning as we finish out the second half of this message this morning. I started this last week, uh, a message called Change What You're Wearing, and uh, gave you kind of all these illustrations. Let me just give you a, a couple more just to kind of set this up. You know, there, there's a whole set of clothes up in my attic that uh, would be inappropriate for me to wear right now. Not because they are out of style, but because that was about 15 or 20 pounds ago. And uh, if I were to put those on and walk out here in front of you, you all would not listen to a word I said because all you could see was through this plexiglass pulpit uh, how those clothes are a little too tight right now, Right? So they'd be inappropriate for me to wear. I look around at different people in, in, the, uh, in, in the congregation this morning, and there are certain of us that have a, a certain style that we like to wear. Uh, you know, I'm, I, Wayne, man, I admire you. Uh, Wayne can pull off a cowboy hat and boots like nobody's business, right? You put those on me, and I'm going to look like Woody from Toy Story, right? <laughs> so... Being from Texas, you know, man, wear it, man. I see you drive by, and I'm a little jealous sometimes of that hat, only because I know I couldn't pull it off, you know. But uh, there are certain things, like, we know that we probably shouldn't wear. And Paul here comes to the Ephesians. They are now born-again believers. They're no longer walking as pagans or outside, outside of the family of God. But now he says to them, change what you're wearing. He tells them that... Uh, there are certain things that are inappropriate for them. And, and we looked at this last week, and, and specifically he tells them that the, the old way that you used to walk in hardness, darkness, deadness, uh, sensuality, and, and evil deeds, those are things that are unbecoming of a believer. And last week I, I spent some time and I talked about the fact, though, that when Paul says, don't walk like you used to walk or change your clothes or put off the old self, He's not simply preaching to them moralism that says, okay, you should not be like that anymore, so be like this. And that would be the opposite message that he's trying to convey. Uh, we so easily sometimes run to moralism because it's easy for us to get our minds around. However, if we've ever tried to kind of just make ourselves better, hello, January 1, New Year's resolution, right? Right? we find that oftentimes it may be easy to get my mind around that I should cut out carbs or that I should read my Bible every day or, or that I should talk better to my, to my wife or whatever, but maybe it's not so easy to do. And so Paul is not here preaching moralism that he says, just stop doing this and start doing this. I mean, he's, he's not, this is not what Christianity is. Instead, He's t- he's, he tells them, and this is where I ended the message last week, is that there, there are four steps to how to put off the old and put on the new, and it starts with the gospel. If you try to, if you try to take this message that I preached last week and I'm preaching today, and you try to just put this thing into practice without starting with the gospel, you will fail. And I told you last week, if I ended without telling you that, I would have, I would have condemned you. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And so today we continue this message of put off the old and put on the new, starting with the gospel. And today in our passage, we have three more steps of how 
this is done. So if you will, Ephesians chapter 4, I want to read this passage again, and then we'll observe what God has for us here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirits of your mind, spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This morning, just continuing with where we left out off, how, how do we do this? How do we put off the old and put on the new? How do we change our clothes? Well, we start with the gospel. We have heard the gospel. If you're a believer here today, you, there was a point where you heard the gospel and, and it became real and beautiful and what you absolutely had to have. And that's the point of conversion for you. There's also in that, he said, this is how you were taught in Christ, and it's this implication of ongoing teaching where once you've been converted to Christ, there's this desire to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from Him and follow Him. And out of that, then, number two in our four-step process here is to put off your old self. Put off your old self. And I'll give you a couple of reasons why we need to put off our old self. Now, remember, our old self is that uh, hardness, darkness, deadness, sensuality, and evil deeds, right? That's how we used to walk. A couple of reasons why we should put off the old self. Number one is because it no longer is befitting of you. It no longer, it's, it's no longer suitable to you. This is not who you are. The old self was depicted, like I said, in 17 through 19, when hardness, darkness, deadness, sensuality, and evil deeds. In other words, the old self is, is the bundle of attitudes, emotions, and practices that we were, but those qualities are no longer suitable for the one who follows Christ. For the Christian, those are, those are no longer to be worn. They must be taken off like clothes that are, that are, that are dirty or too small. Um, I'm going to show my age just a little bit here. There will be a select few in the, in the congregation this morning that will remember this and understand. And what I'm going to set you up with and ask you not to leave me out here on an island, if you remember this, please affirm this when I ask this question. Who here remembers back in probably the late 70s, early 80s, uh, underoos? Yeah, more of you than I thought. Anybody have underoos? Like steel? Okay, okay. Well, I had underoos, for those of you who are not children of the 70s and 80s and, and you have no clue what we're talking about. Underoos, up until underoos came out, I guess the only option for boys, underwear, was tidy whities Okay, is that okay to say? Uh, but then all of a sudden they came out with this underwear that was like superheroes. 
And you could get, you could get like not just, not just the, the bottoms, but the T-shirt that goes, goes over it. And this is your underwear, but it's underoos, which made it really cool. And it was superheroes. And you could get Superman and Spider-Man and Batman and all of these, right? This was like super cool. All of a sudden, kids everywhere wanted to wear underwear, right? Okay, this is, the, this is what was happening. We went to the store. I begged my mom as a four-year-old child for underoos. I had envisioned in my mind as a four-year-old child, you know, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman. We get to the store, and the only pair of underoos that are left in my size, Aquaman. <laughs> Worst possible superhero you could ever imagine. Brought those home. I remember throwing a fit. But they were still underoos. I put those things on, and all of a sudden, I began to feel like Aquaman. (laughs) Superpowers began to work their way through my body, and and I wore those Aquaman underoos everywhere because I felt just stronger and like I could just hold my breath forever underwater, (laughs) you know. I ran around the house in in underoos. Now, this is an awful image for you, I know, okay? It's not going to get any better. Um, I would sleep in those. I would run around the house in those. We even had out in the backyard, we lived out in the country, we had this like kiddie pool out in the backyard, one of those plastic ones that you buy at Walmart, you know, and it holds about that much water. And, and the water in no time at all is about 150 degrees, you know, because the sun hits it. And, the, and my dad had mowed the grass and all the grass clippings get in it and all of that, right? Well, I'm, I'm swimming in these underoos. And I'm underneath the water as a four-year-old, summoning all the the sea life, you know, to come and help me to fight off the evils of the planet, right? I thought suddenly Aquaman was awesome. I was, however, four years old. Imagine if I still wore those Aquaman underoos today. Perhaps, as Travis said, that's an image that you won't be able to get out of your mind. No longer need lunch, right? If I still ran around in Aquaman underoos today, it would not be appropriate. It would be sad and sick, really, right? I struggled whether or not I should share that illustration with you or not because of the graphic image that it would give you, but I wanted to give it to you simply because I think it should be just as repulsive or even more so for us as believers, as followers of Christ, to still wear the old clothes of not knowing Him. It's not okay for Christians to keep wearing their old clothes either. So that's the first reason. You put off your old self because it no longer befits you. Second reason is because Wearing your old clothes, wearing the old self as a believer, it will will destroy you by deceiving you. It's what it said here in verse 22. The second part of verse 22 says that you should put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. What is implied here is that putting off the old self is not a one-time action. It requires repeatedly putting off the old self. A couple of reasons why we have to continue to do this, let me give you those. Number one, the old garments, the old self is so comfortable. 
We've worn them so long that we naturally return to them over and over again. Things like lust and greed and pride and bitterness and covetousness. Those are items in our closet, the old closet, that we just keep returning to because, man, they just feel so good. Doesn't it feel good sometimes to let yourself go into covetousness, covetousness or greed or lust or anger? feels good sometimes, but we must fight to put them off daily. They become articles of clothing that are so comfortable for us, we just slip into them so easily. One way that we fight this, to put them off daily, is to have someone that we run the outfit by. This is called accountability. Now, follow, you're going to have to follow along this clothing metaphor. We're not talking about actual clothing. We're talking about the, the deeds that are practiced in the old life, These, the sensuality, the, the hardness, darkness, deadness, sensuality, and evil deeds, right? But these become like articles of clothing that if we're not careful, we allow ourselves to slip back into them. And what we need is someone to run our outfit by. Uh, it's one of the reasons why you should get married, <laughs> Is because if, if, you're, if you're like me and you can come out of the house with, uh, with things that maybe, uh, maybe don't exactly go together, you have a spouse who says, that does not go together. And you can go back and change, right? Anybody have that one old sweatshirt or flannel shirt or pair of blue jeans? That, man, you just put those on and it's like going home, you know? It's like... It's like soup on a cold afternoon, right? I mean, you just, you just put that on, and it's just, yep, this is where I need to be. Well, if we're not careful, we can allow the old ways, the old self, the old clothing of a lost life to become like that. And what we need is we need someone to, to, to have permission to speak into our lives that when they see us wearing those old clothes to say to us, take that off. Change what you're wearing. This is accountability. My wife used to have this old Cincinnati Reds t-shirt. We got married, and she wore this Cincinnati Reds t-shirt around the house. Before long, we were 10 years into our marriage, and this Cincinnati Reds t-shirt is still around the house. And it is tattered, and it is stained, and it's ripped in places. And that Cincinnati Reds t-shirt disappeared. I threw it away. <laughs> and sometimes we need a person like that in our lives who will take action to rescue us from ourselves. If you are someone who's needing help in this area where you find yourself too easily slipping back into these old clothes, you need some help. And, and I would suggest to you as, as your pastor perhaps consider being part of a life group. Life groups are starting back up next week. We're meeting in several homes throughout the week. I would, I would just implore you to maybe do that because in these life groups, it's, it's an opportunity to be away from the setting here, away from the scheduled setting here, and to just be engaged in one another's lives, to be able to confess some sin to one another, to be able to share thoughts with one another, to be able to at times rebuke one another, to encourage one another, to push one another on toward Christ. The community of Christ is important if we are going to fight this battle to put off the old self daily. 
Second reason why this, uh, the old self, um, it, we have to put it off over and over is, number two, is because the old self loves to hang around. The old self loves to hang around. Paul knew this all too well. Romans chapter 7, verses 20 and 21, he wrote, Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it, it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Paul knew that even though his sins had been forgiven, that the old self had been crucified with Christ, that he still struggled with this this residual, hanging around, lingering desires in his life. And if the Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament, had these same lingering desires, then don't kid yourself that you won't as well. Romans chapter 6, Paul affirmed that the old self had been crucified with Christ. He wrote there in in chapter 6, verse 6 of Romans, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you is it doesn't mean that sin has this reign over you, that you've been given everything you need for life and godliness, that, that he has defeated sin in your life. But don't kid yourself that there are not some lingering desires, sinful tendencies that will hang around, that there will be temptations that that will come your way, that you are not sinless in this life. Like a poisonous snake that has been killed. I I had this, uh, for whatever reason, this is a weird thing about your pastor. It will cause some of you to not like me. I've already told the Andrew story, and this will just seal it for you. But as a kid, I also liked snakes. Uh, Wallace knows this. Wallace hated snakes. Um, but I loved snakes. And, I, and I, I went to 4-H camps, and I wanted to study all about snakes. I did a science fair project on snakes, all this kind of stuff. Had a pet snake when my wife and I, mar- when, when we started dating. Uh, we're married today, so I don't have a snake anymore, right? Put that thing off, right? Well, poisonous snakes, some of those, if you cut the head, you sever the head, you've killed the snake. But for some of those, you have to be careful around the severed head because the severed head for, for hours afterwards can still bite, can, can still strike and inject venom. I think that is a wonderful picture of what it is to be crucified with Christ but still have at times this, this, these lingering desires that want to deceive us and to destroy us. The old self was crucified with Christ uh, but, but in some ways, and I don't want this to be taken out of context, but in some ways, it's almost as if the old self keeps trying to crawl off the cross and back into our lives. The allure of the old self, the old life, can be strong, can it not? I mean, some of you were saved later in life, and you remember what it was to live the old way. And, and the allure there can be very, very strong. Don't kid yourself that it's no longer there. Don't beat yourself up because you're suffering in silence. Bring it into the light. Don't mess around with it. Here Paul says, put it off. Put off the old self. So that's step number two. Step number three here in this process of of changing our clothes is that we put on the new self. It's not enough merely to put off the old self. You must put on your new self. There are a couple of reasons here. Let me give you the the first. We put on the new self because just as the old self no longer befits us, now the new self absolutely befits us. It is completely suitable for the believer. 
We put on, verse 24 says, put on the new self because you've been created after the likeness of God. Anybody, uh, anybody in here resemble your parents? Uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, I mean, probably all of us do it in some way. Uh, I have pictures, but I didn't throw them up there. Uh, I look more like my mom than my dad. My dad has jet black hair, starting to turn gray now, but it has jet black hair. Uh, my mom is more fair-skinned and blonde hair. I look more like my mom. But at times, I find myself every now and then uh, doing something just like them. At times, I'll clear my throat or have to cough, and I'll think, it sounds just like my dad's in the room. I can hear it. Or I'll get up from a chair or a seated position, and I'll, I'll think, that's just like my dad stands up. And these are small things, but, but I know these things about myself. Um, I talk to my dog. Now, this is not a hereditary trait, but you know who else talks to the dog? My mom. My mom will say all these things to the dog and just act like, you know, nothing's weird about it at all, and so do I. I'm, I'm in the kitchen fixing breakfast, and I'm looking at the dog, and I'll say, where you been? Like, and the dog just looks at me like, am I supposed to answer? I'm not sure, you know. There are certain things that I do or, or traits that I have that resemble my parents. It's just as fitting that we would resemble our Heavenly Father. As children of God, we should look like Him. In fact, in verse, chapter 5, verse 8 in Ephesians, Paul instructs them to walk as children of light. In chapter 4, we've, we've already been there a few weeks ago, but in verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Now, those last things, humility, gentleness, patience, and love are characteristics that describe God. Those are godly character, characteristics. We've got to put them on, though. Those won't be things that just naturally just show up in our lives. That I mean, there will be seasons where they will. The, the Bible tells us that the Spirit produces these things in us. But here Paul is saying that we must intentionally put these things on. It's as if we're going to the closet and, and we've gone to another closet. We're no longer in that old closet, but we're in a new closet and we're looking at these character traits of God and we say, this is now fitting for me to wear. And we pull this out and we put this on. Things like Galatians 5 lays out with love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, fruits of the Spirit that must be put on in the Spirit-empowered lives that we live. If we're going to resemble Him, we must put these on. So that's the first thing. You put on the new self because now it does befit you. Secondly, though, put on the new self because it has been provided for you. The second part of verse 24 says, in true righteousness and holiness... This little phrase is important because it speaks to how the new clothes get into our closet. The, the danger in this clothing um, metaphor is that in our affluent Western culture, 
We're used to when we need something, when we outgrow something, when we stain something, when we rip something, when we just need something new as far as clothing. In our Western affluent culture, we're used to just going out and buying it. We just go to the mall or we just go to Ross or we just go to wherever, right? We just run out and get this thing. The danger here for us in our culture, in our context, in reading Paul's instructions here to put off the old self, to put on the new, is to somehow think that these new spiritual clothes are just like these physical clothes, that we can somehow attain them on our own. That when we need something, we can just go out and put it on. We can just go out and get it. We just go out and buy it. But the reality is we don't have enough money. The capital here is righteousness and holiness. This this currency of the kingdom is not the same as the currency of the United States. We don't have enough righteousness or holiness to purchase a new set of clothes that are needed in order to enter into heaven. We are utterly dependent on God to buy the clothes that we need, and that's exactly what He has done through the perfect obedience of His Son. That His Son came to earth, left all of heaven, and came to earth and took on flesh and lived in bodies just like ours in every way except for one in that He did not sin. He lived a perfectly obedient life in our place. Therefore, His righteousness, He's the only one who can say He has a bank account to be able to purchase this set of clothes that we need. And He's done it for us. These clothes that we're told to put on have been provided for us. When Paul tells us to put on the new self, he is simply telling us to become what we already are in Jesus. He's not telling us to put on something that we don't have and can't ever afford, but what we already have because Jesus bought it for us. Kent Hughes, in his commentary on this, phrased this in a way that was memorable to me. That Paul here says, in his instructions, Kent Hughes said, our task is not to weave it, but to wear it. We don't have to weave these clothes. We don't have to somehow strive and muster up the ability to love our neighbor. We don't have to work and and make ourselves disciplined to to be forgiving or to be peaceful or to, to, to put off the old self. Instead, here he says, these clothes have been provided for you by the work of Jesus. True righteousness and holiness. We are to live our lives in light of the wardrobe that God has provided. Imagine how foolish it would be if we went into this room, if we could do this, and and here's the old self-wardrobe and the new self-wardrobe. How foolish would it be if all the clothes in the old self-wardrobe are just tattered and soiled and ruined, and we go and we fling open the doors of the new self-wardrobe, and in there are the finest clothes you can buy. I mean, these things are not just like fine quality, but these are good clothes, right? How foolish would it be for us to look at what's in there and then turn back and say, no, no, no. I think I'll just put on the pair of jeans that I weeded the yard in yesterday. We live our lives in light of the wardrobe that God has provided. We throw off the filth and walk in His righteousness. The question is how? 
still, Pastor, I still struggle with how. How do I put off the old self and put on the new? It's still, it's still a how question for me, Pastor. How can we live so that our attitudes are, the, are something that we take out of the wardrobe of the new self that God's provided? How do, how do we live in such a way in the practicality of every single day with that coworker or, or that aging parent or, or whatever? How do we live there so that our emotions are taken from the wardrobe of the new self? How do we live so that our practices are the creation of God, in other words? John Piper said it this way. He said, how can I live so that when I have lived, I have not lived, but Christ has lived in me? So the fourth step is a crucial one. In some ways, in some ways, number one and number four have to be the most important. Number one is start with the gospel. Number four is be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And here's what this means. Verse 23 says, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. We won't put on our new clothing without having our minds altered and renewed. Because again, those old clothes are just so comfortable. And the old self just loves to hang around. So we won't put on the new clothes without having our minds altered and renewed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, we need to know what to wear. If our minds are going to be transformed, if they're going to be renewed, what he's pointing to here is not simply some ethereal spirituality that you should just kind of just get along, get, get alone by yourself and, and, and just kind of try to be spiritual. Instead, what he's saying is be transformed in your mind, be renewed in your mind. And how do we do that? By hearing from God. And how do we hear from God? Not by turning the, the, the direct TV satellite of our soul in just the right direction. But we hear from God by opening the Bible and reading. God has most clearly spoken to us in His Word. Do we realize what a treasure we have? Maybe today you sit there with a leather-bound copy in your lap. Maybe it's digital and it's on your phone. We have a treasure here. God says that what he has given us, what he's preserved for us in his word has the ability, the power to transform our minds, to renew them in such a way that we will be able to put off the old self and to put on the new. We need to know what to wear and we do that by looking at his word. We learn from reading and studying God's word. I would implore you, if you do not have a time every day where you get alone with God and just spend some time reading the Bible, then start. I was talking with Matt this morning and an encouraging story of, of someone in his life who's reading the Bible daily and how just reading the Bible is, is showing up and making a difference in, in this individual's life. 
It reminded me that a, a former church that I pastored, I had a man there who became a member of our church who was saved. God saved him simply because this man sat down and decided one day that he was going to read the Bible. He just began to read the Bible, and as he read the Bible, he became convicted of his sin and saw the answer of the gospel, and he trusted Christ. For those of you who are in the room who are believers already, the Bible is not something that we get beyond. The Bible is crucial. popular today in, in, in media, in TV shows, in, in all of these things to, to sort of denigrate the, the Bible and, and push it aside and say that it's no longer relevant, that it no longer is meant to be taken seriously, that you should not take it all to be literal. And I, I would say to you, this is exactly what Satan would have us to believe. God has preserved the Word for us so that we can have our minds transformed. If you don't have a time where you're reading and studying God's Word, don't sit in shame and say, oh, I'm such an awful believer. Instead, repent of that and say, Lord, help me now to mark off time in my day to read. Lord, show me how to read. Lord, give me tools to help me to know what to read and how much to read. And then spend time praying and say, God, today I'm going to read your word. Lord, would you speak to me from it? Lord, would you speak through me? Would you transform my mind? If, if we don't have that attitude, if it, it, we, we can very easily come to the Bible as if it's just another book of history or a textbook or, or something else, and we can just read it and never allow it to to. Uh, to, to penetrate our minds and say, God, change my mind through your word. We find out what, what we should wear. We find out what's in the new self-wardrobe by reading God's word. And all of us probably at some point or another have come across something in God's word and we, we go, I didn't realize that. And it's convicting of us and we can then go forward and begin to put that on, not in our own strength, but because God has already provided that wardrobe for us, those, that, that, that set of clothes for us, and we now, through His power, can then put it on and begin to walk in it. And we won't wear it just right. I, originally this morning, I had a different shirt on under this jacket. I came out, and I said, honey, what's wrong with my collar? And it was because the collar was a little too big. The shirt was a little too big. Um, I don't get to say that very often. So I had to work it into a sermon, right? Well, the collar was all crumpled up or whatever, and I wasn't wearing it right. So I went and I changed shirts. And it's not that we come to the new, new self wardrobe and say, well, that one doesn't fit me, so I'm going to set it aside, and I'm just going to pick out something new, different to wear. We may not wear it right or perfect at first. You may try to put on love of your neighbor, and it may feel very awkward at first, and it may be hard to do. But persistence there in wearing the garments that have been provided for you in the new self through the work of Christ is what we're called to do. As we read and study God's Word daily, as we ask the Holy Spirit to continue His renewing work, what will happen is we will eventually find that, as 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, that we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. See, we often want, 
We, we often want this Christian life to be something that we just one day get, that we just wake up and we got it. We often sometimes think, well, I've been, been doing this Christian thing for so many years. How come I still struggle with this in this area? It's because of what we've talked about today. The old self has been crucified with Christ, but there are these lingering desires that seek to destroy you and to deceive you, and we must be vigilant to war against these and put these off. And in so doing, not, not simply to put off these old, old attitudes and emotions and, and deeds, but instead to choose from the wardrobe of the new self and through the power of Christ to put it on. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, uh, Lord, that today I can, I can come and I can preach from your word and I'm not having to create what I need to say. I'm not having to try to be creative and invent. I'm not trying to, to weave the garment for these people. But God, that you have already created it. And God, you, you've provided it for all who believe and trust in you. And God, our task is simply to wear it. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would take the message that has been preached today, take the truths that are in this passage, and God, would you just let them sink deep into the bedrock of our hearts? And God, that it might, might be more than this spiritual platitude of just, oh, it's tucked away in my heart, but God, that it might work itself out in the practicality, or that there might be some framework start to go up, or that we might begin to see you building buildings all around us that live for your glory. Lord, help us, God, to begin with the gospel, to put off the old self, to put on the new self, and to be transformed in the renewing of our minds. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you an opportunity to reflect on what's been said, possibly to respond. I don't like putting a lot of flesh on how you should respond. We have provided some of those. I'll be seated on the front row. If you need to come and speak with me, I'd love to, love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to talk with you. There will be no pressure for you to make any type of a decision on the spot. There's no pressure here to, to fill out a card so that I can then, in a boastful way, present you to the congregation as if I've accomplished something. Instead, what I would love to see happen is for you to listen to the voice of God and to obey. If this is the church that God is leading you to join and be a part of, I'd love to speak with you about that. If you need to come and pray, come and pray. If there's something that you just need to confess to a brother or a sister, then feel free to move about to one another. There's people in a prayer room to my right and to your left. However the Lord leads I want you to know there is freedom to respond as God directs. So let's respond as we worship him. Every power on earth and in heaven is a shadow in his light. No authority, Lord, governor.
amidst challenges his sovereign mind. His reign and rule have no boundary. All that is his hands have wrought. Nothing ever can, nothing ever will overcome the Lord our God. We are well aware we were orphans once, bent and broken in our shame. Then he sought us out and adopted us. Now we bear his royal name. And every sin or crime we have ever done is no match for Jesus' blood. Nothing ever can, nothing ever will overcome the Lord our God. Then as we sing this verse, we are rescued out of darkest night. We are rescued out of darkest night, free from sin and death's tide hold. And the kingdom of our Savior's light is our soul's eternal home. And though the enemy tries to steal and kill, what the death of Christ has fallen. Nothing ever can, nothing ever will overcome the Lord our God. Let's declare this today together that our God is victorious. He wars for us. Our God is victorious. teaching is brought to you by Abner Creek Baptist Church. For more information, visit www.abnercreekbaptist.com.